Hi friends, and welcome to the Be Nourished podcast, where we talk about the nourishing things in life, relationships, food, jobs, dreams, and everything in between. Hi guys, and happy Tuesday. Me and Blaze are here chilling. Blaze is my dog, if you didn't know. We are cuddling on the couch right now, and I wanted to introduce today's episode. Um, this is something that I think is going to be really fun, and if for no one else but me, I think it's fun, so I'm going to do it. I love to cook, and here's what I want to say, starting off. If you're already rolling your eyes and you're like, cool, I don't, so I'm just going to skip this. Let me just speak to you for a second. I have not always loved to cook, and I don't... Like, I could not care less about following recipes correctly or making, like, the most fancy things. I like to challenge myself, and I like to... Mostly, I just like to bake because I'm here for some sweets. Um, but if you don't love to cook but still have to feed your people, this, I think, will be a good podcast for you. Because I'm going to talk about some favorite recipes today, but not in the sense of fancy-schmancy or complicated. Um, I'm going to break it down and say things like... Y'all, who cares? Use what you have and stir it as much as you think. You know what I'm saying? Because who has time? Who has time to make a complicated recipe? But mostly, I love a good uh, crock pot. Here for a good crock pot. I also like things that I can prepare ahead of time. And um, just like let my husband finish. You know what I'm saying? And he does not love to cook. And so I feel like these are things that sound fancy and are going to make you sound real cool. But they're not that hard. And so I'm calling today um, cooking with Alpal because why not? Um, if you know me in real life, Alpal is kind of my, uh, my nickname and I like it and I go with it. To be clear, um, I did not come up with any of these recipes. These are all recipes I found on Pinterest or in a cook plate place. The people do not need you to lick. Thank you. Have a seat. Anyway, um, these are all recipes that I found from someone else. So again, I repeat, like I did not come from a family of cooks. You know what I'm saying? Like my grandmother did not pass down an heirloom recipe for peanut butter I don't know so don't fret y'all I got you covered and I really just want to share a couple of our most recent favorite recipes especially coming off of the summertime um again I just with the summer I don't know how to deal with it because I like casseroles and soups and crock pots and then you throw me into summertime where it's approximately 115 degrees in the south and I don't know, I just like lose all ability to cook anything. So uh, I'm going to share some recipes we used this summer as well that aren't like salads. Because I feel like that's a lot of, when I try to search for summer recipes, it always ends up giving me salads. And you know what, I just, I need more food. Okay, so I'm going to share some recipes that we love today. I'm also going to share some other random things that I'm loving that don't necessarily relate to food. Um, just to share the love. So, hope you guys enjoy and let me know if you have any questions. Okay, we are starting with dessert for obvious reasons. The first one is provided by the DomesticRebel.com. This is called um, the Best and Easiest Sopapilla Cheesecake Bars. Y'all, I just went to Pinterest. Like I said, just went to Pinterest. 
This one has, what is it, five um, ingredients? So easy. And the ingredients are all store-bought. I am not here for anything fancy. So it's two packages of crescent rolls, two packages of cream cheese, sugar, vanilla, butter, and cinnamon. And that is it. And it is so easy. You just spread out the crescent rolls, put all your little goodies in a bowl, mix it together by hand or by mixer, spread it out on the crescent rolls, throw that sucker in a greased pan, and sprinkle some salmon on it, y'all. That is literally it. And then you bake it, and you bring it out, and all your guests think that you are so fancy. And I'm telling you what, if you take it out of the baking thing, like baking dish, and put it on a fancy plate, it automatically gets 10 times fancier. That is really your best friend when it comes to cooking. If you can put it on a nice dish and make it look really pleasing to people, they are gonna think that you went above and beyond. And let me also tell you, so much of cooking, and I think maybe this is what trips people up sometimes, is that these recipe creators come up with these fancy names like Sopapilla Cheesecake Bars that sound intimidating. Or they might sound like, you know, that sounds amazing, but I just don't think that I could make that. You guys, it's all marketing. I mean, kudos to you guys, the, the recipe creators, because they are trying to make this something that you will click on and that you will come visit because it sounds amazing. So don't be intimidated by the name because really ain't nothing to be intimidated about, okay? And like I said, if you can throw that sucker in a fancy plate or bowl or whatever, yeah, I mean, you're, you're good. And then especially for this one, I mean, I would be remiss if I didn't say that you needed to get some vanilla ice cream to go with. You know what I'm saying? So get you some vanilla ice cream, throw a couple scoops on there, dash some cinnamon over it, and it looks so fancy. Or even if you wanted to make some caramel sauce, or heck, just buy some caramel sauce at the store. And then just uh, spoon that sucker over top. Y'all, I'm telling you, it is going to look like such a fancy dessert, and it's not. It's so easy, and it's our little secret. Okay. This next dessert is a little bit more complicated. The actual ingredients are not that bad, but the process of putting the dessert together requires a little more effort. I still did it, I think, on a weeknight when we were about to go to dinner with some friends, so it's not too complicated that you can't do it during the week, but if you have like little ones or you work really late or something like that, um, this may not be the best recipe for you, but we loved this recipe. It was so good, so tasty, and still not too bad, not too hard. So it's called, um, it's from togetherasfamily.com, and they are called S'mores Cookie Cups. Yes, you heard me. So it has all the basic ingredients of a s'more, which is chocolate, marshmallows, and graham crackers. But the difference is you are going to make a like a graham cracker little mini muffin type looking thing. So you're just going to pulse together graham crackers and butter and brown sugar and egg and all the goodies like that. Vanilla extract, of course. And um, you're going to get put them, mix all that together and put it in a little mini muffin pan. So cute. Bake that for like 8 to 10 minutes. And then when it comes out, you're going to press your little finger in there or a uh, teaspoon, the back of a teaspoon, to make a little hollow. And you're going to take marshmallows, cut the marshmallows in half, um, and then put them on the in the little hollow area and put a little chocolate bar on top. Now, it does say before you put the chocolate on to um, broil the marshmallow and, and then you put the chocolate bar on top, yeah, it is so good. 
It is so good, and especially if you eat it right out of the oven. Oh my gosh, I want some right now. And again, if you share this with other people and say, hey, I made a s'mores cookie cup, and they look at it, and it's so cute, and it just looks so sweet. And it's a different sort of dessert. It's not really like brownies or cookies. Nothing against them. I have equal love for brownies and cookies, don't get me wrong. But it's just something different. And who doesn't love graham cracker, chocolate, and marshmallow? You know what I'm saying? Also, um, I'm going to tag all of these people So, because basically I'm just sort of going by memory of the recipe and what I did and that may not be exactly what the recipe calls for. And if you are one of those people who really finds comfort in following the recipe exactly and doing exactly what it says, I'm going to tag these people not only to honor them but also to give you the link to go to so that you can actually identify how to do this. because. I, honestly, I could be saying some of it wrong, but this is how I remember it, and this is how I did it, and it turned out fine. You know what I'm saying? Also, when it's mentioned for the s'mores cookie cups, you could totally make them um, regular size little muffin pans. If you do not have a little mini muffin pan, just put that in a regular one, y'all. Or you can even spread the mixture on the bottom of a small baking dish, and then just put the marshmallows, like scatter them and put it under broil, whatever, and then throw some uh, chocolate bars. And I'm also gonna say, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that you could even get marshmallow cream that they sell in a jar at the old Walmart and spread it on top of this mixture. Make sure you bake the graham cracker mixture first and then spread the marshmallow cream, throw some chocolate bars. I'm telling you, I'm gonna eat it no matter how you make it. That's all I gotta say about that. I will say be advised about the marshmallow cream. It's probably not gonna broil the same as a, like a stiff marshmallow would, so just, just watch it closely but you know what again you can't go wrong with chocolate marshmallow and graham cracker okay so breakfast I love breakfast I love all the things about breakfast pancakes waffles french toast casseroles eggs bacon sausage everything in fact at our wedding we served breakfast because we just love it so much we were long distance for a year and we Clayton would come visit me in Nashville more often than not and he would leave on Sundays and we would always have a late brunch together. And I think maybe that's why we love breakfast so much. But regardless, we love breakfast. But the reality is during the weekdays, we're not going to fix pancakes and bacon and all the things. So we have discovered a couple things that we really love. Um, and I don't have an official recipe for the hash that we make, but we're just going to talk about it and it'll be fine. Basically, we make this sweet potato sausage hash which you just cut up a bunch of sweet potatoes, however much you want. Usually two to three is enough for just the two of us for the week. And then we do about a pound of sausage, whatever kind you want. You could, you could get spicy, make it interesting, or just the mild or the sweet, whatever you want. So we do that, and then we cut up some onions. And we basically just put it in a big cast iron and cook it. I usually cook the sausage separately because the sausage will release some juice that I don't always want in the hash. Um, but you could always just throw it in. I've done that before too. Basically, the biggest thing you need to know is that sweet potatoes take a long time to cook. So we start with the onions. Get a good amount of butter or oil or whatever you put in your skillet. And then cut up the onions, throw them in there, get them all nice and juicy and tasty, and then throw in your sweet potatoes and put it on low because you don't want the outside of your sweet potatoes to get crusty while the inside is still crunchy. You know what I'm saying? So throw your sweet potatoes in heavily like put some salt, pepper, onion powder, and garlic powder. That's what we use. You can use whatever spices you want, but we just love garlic and onion. So I do a lot of that because sweet potatoes are gonna be pretty bland. 
Onion tastes good, but you know, and you can always leave onion out if you're not a huge onion person. You can also throw in some bell peppers. I don't know, live every dream you have. And then throw in your cooked sausage and let that all just kind of marinate for a while. And then you have it for the week and it is healthier, probably, than, you know, pancakes. So we love that. That's a go-to. We also do sausage balls, but that's a little less healthy. Um, I know that there are some recipes to do like gluten-free, vegan, stuff like that, but it, it gets real complicated. My type of sausage ball is the three ingredient, like sausage, baking mix, and cheese. So when you start adding in like 15 other things, I get a little, mm, I don't know. Um, on the days that we don't eat the hash, we just do smoothies, which is bananas, strawberries, blueberries, really any fruit you want. Um, we use orange juice, but you can also use milk. Milk makes smoothies a little bit uh, thicker, in my experience. You could also use yogurt. My husband is not here for that. He can't deal with the, the thickness of milk and such, so we do not use milk. We use orange juice, but orange juice has sugar, so it's all about kind of what you want to do with your life. Okay, so I'm just going to smush lunch and dinner into like four of our most recent favorite recipes because generally what we do is we just cook something for dinner and then eat leftovers for lunch or just pick something up. So I'm going to start with nachos because one of my favorite things to say is I'm going to cry on my nachos or all I want is nachos. And the reality is it's, it's just true. I just love nachos. If we're going to go out to eat Mexican food, generally I'm going to get nachos. Because, y'all, it has the perfect combination of every texture of food. Crunchy, soft, savory, sometimes even sweet. Now, you have to be um, very careful with your nachos because if, you know, I've actually really thought, like, I need to teach people how to make better nachos because when you go to Mexican restaurants, sometimes they get heavy-handed with the queso, in which case you end up with soggy nachos, or they put all the goodies in the middle and then you have a bunch of external chips without anything. But the best combination is when it is spread evenly. And I know you're in a hurry. I know you have 55 other people to fix food for. But like y'all, I don't want soggy nachos or I, want, I don't want the center to be soggy and the externals to be real crunchy with nothing. Do you know what I mean? I've thought about this way too much. So anyway, these are perfect nachos. And the best thing about nachos is that you can do whatever you want. You can add whatever, take whatever away. I mean, it, it's up to you. So this is actually a recipe from Joanna Gaines's most recent cookbook. Um, and I can give you the exact um, ingredients. But basically what you need to know is you need to get some ground beef. The recipe calls for half a pound. And it says it serves about, I think about 12 the truth is that uh, half a pound feels like nothing. And when you look at it in the store, you're going to be like, this ain't going to feed us. But I got a little crazy and went up to like two pounds thinking, you know, that's what we need. And it made two baking sheet pans full of nachos. So if you're feeding more than two of you or if you're planning to eat this for several days, you can up the poundage. But half a pound really is pretty accurate. I guess she probably knows what she's talking about since she made a cookbook. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, her basic um, seasonings are garlic, garlic salt, smoked paprika. You could also use regular paprika, um, onion, salt, pepper, you know, the usuals. But here's what I'm going to say, you guys. If you want to just buy a taco seasoning pack at the store and throw that sucker on there, by all means. Basically, you just need to cook your ground beef on the stovetop, get it all nice and brown, drain it because you don't want all that juice stuff in there. 
and then throw on your seasonings. You can do her mixture or you can just get a taco seasoning at the stove. And then um, add a little water to get it a little saucy, you know what I mean? She says in her recipe to get seasoned chips. Here's what I'm gonna tell you about the chip situation. Um, I live in a small town and she suggested Julio's brand of seasoned chips. You guys, I don't have that here. You know what I mean? I don't. So, and I'm not about to order chips like on Amazon because they ain't gonna arrive intact. So I just got regular tortilla strip, not strips. You could do strips if you want. Tortilla chips. And I sprayed them with some veggie oil. Um, you can either like put some vegetable oil on them like the liquid or you can spray it in the can. But if you do the liquid, you got to be real careful not to get crazy because it'll get soggy really fast. So I sprayed the chips, put some seasoning salts on it. But upon further review, once we ate them, the, the chips I bought were already pretty salty. And so the seasoning salt added a lot of salt. Um, so I would probably next time do paprika instead. If you want to spray your chips and put a little paprika on them, bake them for a couple minutes, they're gonna be awesome. So if you can't find seasoned chips in the store, you can season them at home for sure. If you feel wild and crazy, you can get corn tortillas, cut them up into shapes like chips, and then spray them with spray, season them, and pop those suckers in the oven and make homemade chips if you're feeling real fancy and crazy. Anywho, so, once you brown your meat and you've done your chips, if you choose to season them, what you're gonna do is you're gonna put all the browned ground beef that's already been seasoned on top of your chips. And she suggests, I think like sour cream, avocados, green onions, olives, things like that. We did corn and black beans, um, and we also did avocado, and then of course, cheese. She suggests sharp cheddar and Monterey Jack, but you know what, we threw some pepper jack in there because we're trying to live on the wild side. And we left off the olives um, and the sour cream. So point is, you get to do whatever you want with nachos. You can make them however fancy or not fancy you want. You just want some ground beef and chicken, throw that sucker on there. You can even split the pan in half and do half um, meat and cheese, maybe if you have picky eaters in your home, or and then half like loaded. Um, you can also choose to do queso. Just do the queso at the end once they come out of the oven because you're gonna pop all of that stuff in the oven and let the cheese melt and get nice and warm. If you're gonna do this for leftovers, um, might I suggest that you do not, like if you're gonna leave half the pan for leftovers, then don't put anything on the chips because you're gonna have real soggy nachos tomorrow and you're gonna cry in your nachos. You know what I mean? You're gonna be sad about that. Um, we also serve this with salsa and guacamole, which you can totally make by yourself on your own. If you wanted to make this for a dinner party and you had time, you can make homemade salsa, homemade guac, throw those suckers in a nice cute little bowl, add some lime wedges, and you've got yourself a meal. But you really can't go wrong with nachos because it's easy and you get to customize it however you want. Okay, next we have Asian Steak Bites. This is from barefeetinthekitchen.com. And basically this recipe came from a place of like, wow, we eat a lot of chicken. So I was trying to expand our horizons and, and fix things like steak or seafood. But because I normally deal with chicken, I needed to start small because I need to learn how to manage steak and seafood and other types of meat. We've done brisket and things like that. But when you're not used to cooking with it, you have to learn how to know when it's done and when it's too done and things like that. So this is a good recipe to start. It's very simple, but it tastes really good. And um, you can put tons of either really simple sides with it or really like extra sides with it. You know what I'm saying? So 
What you're going to need is about a pound and a half or a little bit more depending on who, how many you're serving. This recipe calls for four to five servings, so take that into consideration. Um, so a little over a pound and a half of flank steak, some soy sauce, honey, chili paste, and that's it, y'all. And then olive oil if you want to, um, well, it says flavored, light flavored olive oil, but you know what? Use what you have. Who cares? It just, extra virgin olive oil is going to change the taste a little bit. Um, and so light flavored olive oil tends to be obviously the lightest flavor. But if you don't have it in your um, pantry, then whatever. You could also use butter. You know what I'm saying? Um, so anyway, you're going to slice this steak. It says to slice it across the grain. If you don't know what that means, then just cut it. Okay. Um, and then you're going to put it into bite-sized pieces. This is the best part of this recipe is that this steak is going to be in bite-sized pieces. Not only is it easy to eat because I am not here for chewy steak. It's easy to eat, but it's also, you don't have to worry about it being done or not. Um, and then you're just going to put all this stuff in a bowl, stir together the soy sauce, honey, chili paste, pour it over the beef and then you're gonna let it marinate for 20 to 30 minutes. You could also marinate overnight. Um, the longer you marinate, the, the obviously more it's gonna taste like soy sauce, honey, and chili paste, which is a good thing. So, but if you forgot and you only have an hour, then throw it all together, put it in your fridge, let it sit. It's all good. Um, and then you're gonna put this in a, I, we usually do a cast iron. We use cast iron skillet for really almost anything. Um, but it says you can use a wok, you can use a stainless steel pan, basically just get a nonstick or spray it really well because nothing is worse than food sticking to the skillet. It just makes me so angry. Um, so make sure you do that. So basically, um, you're just going to cook the meat in all the goodies and you could serve this over rice, cauliflower rice. You could serve it with noodles even. I don't know. Live every dream you have. And then you could also do sides like asparagus or you could make a salad. You could throw in some box mashed potatoes. You could do macaroni and cheese. It just depends on your crab. But the thing that I love about all these recipes is that anything that I have mentioned today, you can make fancy or you can make keep it real simple. If it's just you two and it's a Tuesday night, by all means, like throw in a box mashed potatoes or throw in a box macaroni. Who cares? But if you want to make this for a crowd, it tastes really, really good, and people are going to be impressed, but it's so easy, and you could throw in some extra sides, and people are going to be like, wow, she must have spent three hours on this, when really, you didn't. My favorite types of recipes are ones that you can either do in the crock pot, or it marinates overnight, you know, basically it does the work for you. So this is an awesome one for that. Okay, so next we have garlic mustard chicken. You guys, this is so good, and it's literally four ingredients. Um, as mentioned, I really like a good dish that I can throw it in a bag with all the marinade stuff and let it sit overnight and then basically just throw it on the grill, but it tastes like you've done a lot of work. This is your best friend, you guys. This is your best friend. So garlic mustard chicken is from tastesoflizzytea.com. Um, basically, what you're going to do is you're going to get two pounds of chicken. This is for serving six, so cut it in half if it's just you two. Um, chicken, spicy brown mustard, olive oil, and minced garlic. The thing is, I would suggest, just if you're feeling it, to get an actual head of garlic to cut up for this recipe. You can use minced garlic that you buy just in the little bottle at the store, um, certainly, but obviously if you get it fresh, a fresh head of garlic, it's gonna be a lot fresher and it's gonna taste more garlicky, but it just depends on how much you like garlic. We do, so not a problem for us. You're gonna smash the garlic head once you've peeled it. Um, peel it really good. You'll know when it's completely peeled. 
you're going to smash the garlic head and then mince it. Um, if you like garlic and you really like the taste of it, you don't even have to mince it. You could leave it whole in the bag. Because um, all you're going to do is you're going to mix these ingredients, spicy brown mustard, olive oil, and garlic um, together in a bowl. And then you're going to pour it over the chicken and let it marinate overnight, y'all. Now, if you don't have spicy brown mustard or you don't like spicy brown mustard, you can substitute any mustard. I think actually we might have used regular mustard because I didn't have it and I thought I did. Um, you could use Dijon, you could use regular, you know, just French's yellow mustard. Who cares? And again, the best thing about this recipe is that you can dress it up, dress it down, add great sides, or just pop in, I don't know, a microwavable thing to go with it. Um, and it's all about the presentation. Okay, so the last one is um, another chicken recipe. You'll have to forgive me. Like I said, we, we do chicken a lot. But um, this is from gimmesomeoven.com. I use her website a lot. She has a lot of really good things. We did Paleo Whole 30 stuff for a while, so I, I haven't used her in a while. But she has some really, really good recipes. And this is Slow Cooker Crispy Chicken Carnitas. So basically, this is a combination of like Mexican food and a crock pot and a broiler and crispy and tender and juicy all in one recipe y'all this is especially good for a crowd like if you're hosting people this is a really good recipe because it, the chicken is so tender but still crispy and it's really good and people are going to be super impressed um <clears throat> so this one you need four to five pounds of chicken so again it this this recipe is set to feed eight to ten people so cut it in half if you need to um, you're also going to use beer in this one. If you are not comfortable using beer, you can use chicken stock. Um, all of the alcohol will be cooked off and it'll just leave the beer flavor. But if you don't like the taste of beer or if you're hosting people who maybe don't or whatever, uh, just leave it out. Just use chicken stock. No worries. <clears throat> um, and then you're going to use an onion, garlic, chipotle powder for that kick. Cumin, black pepper, chili powder. And then that's it. And salt. And then limes. Um... Basically, the trick to this recipe is you're going to add everything to a slow cooker, toss it up, and then let it cook on low for six to eight or on high for four to five hours um, and get it really, really tender. You can just throw the breast in there. You don't even have to shred them up or cut them for anything, which is seriously my favorite part. You just throw it in there. And then once it's all cooked, you're going to shred it up and you're going to put all that good chicken. Leave the juice in the crock pot. Do not throw it away. Put all that shredded chicken on a pan, turn your broiler on, and you're going to broil the chicken. So you're going to take turns, and again, I'll tag this stuff so that you can have like the actual details because I'm just going to tell you what I do. You're going to take turns broiling the chicken, taking it out, pouring that nice juice from the crock pot over it, putting it back in, and then broiling it again. And you're going to keep doing that until your chicken is super crispy, and it will crisp up on the end, but you're going to keep pouring that juice over because you want it to stay tender. So after you do that for a couple times, you know, toss the chicken in between broils and then throw some lime juice on it and let me tell you, y'all, it's so good. You're going to want to go home and fix this with those nachos and those soap beet cheesecakes that I was talking about earlier. You know what I'm saying? This is just such a crowd pleaser. It's so good for crowds and it is so tasty. But it's easy to do if you just wanted to do it for you and your, your kin folk. Just cut the recipe in half and call it good. I think I've made Blaze hungry because she is just walking around eating a little, walking around again, eating some more. I'm sure you've heard her. She's very needy right now. 
Anyway, y'all, this these are some of our favorites. These are some old recipes that we've had for a while that we just use over and over, and some of these are new ones to us. I try new things all the time, and I figure I might as well share the love because it is not easy to find good recipes that are easy to make, that can be adaptable, and sound really cool, but it's not that complicated. And like I said, my biggest encouragement is if you try it and it doesn't go well, who cares, y'all? It doesn't mean anything about you. It doesn't mean you're a terrible cook, terrible person, terrible mother, ter terrible wife, whatever we like to tell ourselves. It's not true. Cooking is difficult at times, but I find that it doesn't have to be as intimidating as people think. Okay, so even though this is called Cooking with Alpal, I did want to share um, a couple other things that I'm loving right now. First of all, the podcast, What Should I Read Next by Ann Bogle. Man, you guys, I'm a big reader. I like to read, but I find myself often wondering what to read next, like the podcast says. And she is so good at what she does. She just can take a conversation with you and decide based on what you like and what you don't like what you should read next. She knows so many books. It's astounding. I know she does her research and she has people that helps her, but golly, it seems like she just pulls these books out of nowhere and she just knows that this is a good one for you and people are so pumped and it's it's really fun. It's a very fun one to listen to and I have a huge list now of books that I can read, audiobooks and regular books. So that is what I'm loving right now. I am also super loving Family Feud. My husband and I watch this at nighttime. We don't watch a lot of TV, but um, at night we will watch Family Feud and maybe that makes us 85, but we're here for it because it is so funny. Steve Harvey is so good at what he does. He hosts that show so well and he knows when to make the funny comments and when to kind of pull it out. I mean, if anybody else hosted that, I just don't know that it would be as entertaining of a show. And to think about those answers on so quick, like you have to just come up with an answer. Man, I, I'm impressed constantly. So we are loving that show. It is so funny. And like I said, Steve Harvey really makes it, but it's a good one. I would highly suggest that. So you guys, um, we're going to do this once a month. This is just something I want to throw in so that you can hear from me. I want to hear from you. If you try these recipes, please let me know. Please tell me because I want to know how it went. You can tag me at Be Nourished Podcast. Tag a picture of your food. I want to know. And if you're like, hey girl, I tried this recipe and it didn't turn out so good. Maybe we can figure out a way to try it better next time. Because we're all just doing the best we can. And I just want to hear how you're doing. So let me know if you end up making anything. If you do check out the podcast and Family Feud, I want to hear about that too because they're so good and I just love to talk about all the things I love. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram or on Facebook at Be Nourished Podcast. We release new episodes every Tuesday, but I almost always give a little sneak peek. Um, whether it's a picture or an audio clip, I give a little sneak peek of what's coming. So we have some super, super good um, episodes coming up. We've got one talking about a pumpkin patch and a photography business and moving to China and moving from New York to work with the youth and just so much good stuff coming. It has been so, so fun to talk to my friends and to share their stories. So we've got some really good ones coming up. So follow along there. See you next week.